everyone. Welcome to the Church at Severn Run Messages podcast. We're so glad you're joining us to hear another message this week. And we wanted to take just a minute to let you know that things are probably going to sound a little bit different over the coming weeks. Obviously, we're all living in the era of the coronavirus. And so we're recording our messages from different places right now. We are trying to stay out of our our building and off our campus. Uh, We're trying to honor social distancing and things like that. So we are recording from homes and from offices and from computers all over the place. Uh, So things may sound different, but we're going to continue to bring you message content every week. Uh, In addition, we want you to know that you can still stay connected with us even though we're apart. Head over to our Facebook page. You can join our Seven Runners Facebook group as well, or go to sevenrun.com slash COVID-19 help. Uh, There you'll find some resources, ways that we can pray for you, things like that. I'll tell you a little bit more about those specifics after the message. For now, we hope that you enjoy this week's message. Good morning, Seven Run. It is a joy to be here with you today and to start part two of our It's Time to Grow message on prayer. Pastor John did a wonderful job last week talking about wilderness prayer. And to be honest, A whole lot of my prayer life feels like wilderness prayer. Today, I want to take just a moment and talk to you about uh, our reopening, and then I want to pray and jump right into this message because it is such a freeing, um, growth-generating message from God. We know that our governor has opened the state and the, um, the counties are working on their plan for opening. I just want to let you know that we don't know much. So there you go. Um, I don't have any specifics for you. Just to say that we're going to be wise and seek the Lord and be faithfully creative and and excited about what God's going to do next. And, And we're going to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit in in God's reinvention of his church. So we don't know when. We don't exactly know how, but we've got a lot of ideas and want to give you a heads up that a survey is coming uh, because we really value your input. So that's all I have to say about that. Uh, Let's pray and let's jump into uh, growing prayer. So Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that prayer would become bigger in our lives. I ask that you would help us to become a growing people in a time that seems to fight against growth. I pray for new freedom, new grace, new joy, new peace. Father, I pray for steps forward in a time where it feels like we're kind of pushed back on our heels. Thank you for being a God who hears and loves to answer our prayers. In Jesus, amen. So today, um, I want to remind you of the series we're in. And the series is called It's Time Because It Is. It is time. Knowing the time and getting the timing right is key to everything. Imagine being late for your wedding. Imagine not being an hour late, but a decade late for it. Well, that's kind of absurd, isn't it? But, but what a What a missed life that would be. Uh, Imagine being so late for your wedding that your wife got tired of waiting for you and married somebody else. Your whole life changes when you miss things. And that is true also in our our growth. It is true that 
that we have all missed times and seasons of growth and sometimes long seasons where God is calling us to grow and we've either said no or let fear keep us from moving forward and life has changed. We don't want to misinterpret the time and it may seem like it's a time to be afraid, a time to to, uh, retrench and, and run for cover and safety, but the reality is that even though it may seem like it's impossible to grow in this COVID season, it isn't. We can grow spiritually and in every arena of life in the grace of God. Some of us have kind of given up on growing in our lives. And we really, if we were honest, would say, I don't believe in God much and I don't believe in myself anymore. I would just want to tell you that God isn't threatened by our unbelief in Him. And God isn't persuaded by you giving up on you. The simple reality is that your failure to move forward, to grow, to be what God's called you to be in the past is simply like the the birth of a new day, the, the rising of the sun. It's just an invitation to start again in grace. So I would just say, if you've tried before and failed, if, if you've heard God say that he wants you to do this or that or become something, uh, it's time to move into that in this season. It's not a time to fear or to panic, to criticize or, or, or retreat. It's time to grow. Now, let me just give you a real clue to how we grow. And the reality is that we grow spiritually, supernaturally, when we depend on grace. There is this this mystical connection between us turning from ourselves and our abilities and our failures or successes and simply looking to the grace of God, the grace of God in Christ, the grace of God in forgiveness, the grace of God in love, the grace of God in the resurrection, there is something supernatural that ignites growth in the soil of faith when we turn to the grace of God. And so if you're not spiritually growing in your life, it's because you're not depending on grace. So so we grow when we depend on grace. And I want to share with you uh, in a revolutionary way that, that believing prayer is the path to growing grace. And we're going to unpack in a little bit what believing prayer is, but, but believing prayer is, is very different. Believing prayer is something more than, than road and ritual. And, and, and we talk about growth. It's not an instant thing. It is a journey. It is a It is the work of God over time and believing prayer sown into your life on a daily basis is a path to to growing in grace and and experiencing God and unleashing God in in amazing new ways. In Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 through 10, if you will hang with me and allow me to read, actually read 10 whole verses, I think you'll be astonished in, in this movement from, uh, you know, being hopelessly dead to unstoppably alive in grace. Listen as we read this. I read this and you listen. Listen for 
uh, grace, listen for its relationship to faith, listen for what God has done and for what we must do, and listen to the intent of it all in Ephesians 2.10. As for you, Ephesians 2.1 says, you were dead in transgressions and sin in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air and the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time. Listen to the desire portion of this. Gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and its thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you are saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace in his kindness shown to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God and not of works lest anyone should boast. So, we need to understand that we are God's handiwork, His workmanship, His masterpiece, poema in, in Greek, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, to bring about the good of God in the broken of the world, which God prepared in advance for us to do. There's the forethought of God in, in this journey that we're on. So, couple of connections I want to make to prayer and, and hold on to them and we're going to come back and, and hopefully plug them in in ways that make sense. The reality is that we were created as the ultimate desire of God. In creation, God created what he wished. It was the work of his art creating from his word and the final work of the art of God is you and I. We were created as the ultimate desire of God. Let that sink in and then personalize it in your life in a believing kind of way. You are the ultimate desire of God. And on our part, we are ultimately fulfilled only in our desire for God. And so we live in a world that is broken and we live in a heart that's broken that is full of desires for everything all the time. Our hearts are this seething cauldron of dissatisfaction because, you know, living east of Eden, we're disconnected from God, but you will only be fulfilled when you are filled full with the desire for God. And that's why John Piper uh, said, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. So we grow when we depend upon grace, when grace becomes our desire, when it's not about our works, our efforts, uh, what I can do, what I haven't done, when, when we are caught up in the majesty of God's creative grace. And, and, and so understanding that, here, here's the key to, to finding the path. It's prayer. But not just any kind of prayer, it's believing prayer. It's what Pastor John was talking about in the hardest of circumstances last week, in the wilderness, in, in the dissatisfaction of desire, in the longing of the not yet of, of this, this world. So what is believing prayer? 
Um, and, and why do I put those two things together, you know, like, like a train joined? Well, believing prayer is taking all of the uncertainties of life to the certainty of God, okay? Um, it's, it's, it's what James uh, 1, 5 says. It's one of my life verses. If any of you lacks wisdom, all of us, um, you should ask God. That's prayer. What is prayer? It's, it's asking God. It's having a conversation with God. You should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. This promise of receptivity, of productivity, of fruit, of growth in prayer is everywhere in Scripture. Everywhere you turn on every prayer, every page of Scripture is the promise that prayers are answered by God. Even in the final book of Scripture, in Revelation, the, the Scripture tells us how much God values prayer when it says that our prayers are, 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 you know, are the incense of the saints. They are kept in the golden bowl by God as incensed Him. Every tear you've ever cried, every prayer is treasured by God. And so, all through Scripture, we hear this same bold, uh, unqualified, dangerous statement of God that, that if you ask, you will receive. But there's a clause in verse uh, 6, <laughs> believing a clause. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea tossed back and forth, um, and that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded, unstable in everything that he does. So believing prayer requires that you take all of the uncertainties of life and you become certain about God. And, and what drives your life is not all of the unknowns, and you don't default to pretend like you know everything. You don't. You 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 stake your heart and life in the truth that God knows and you know Him. Believing prayer is living strong in weakness. Sounds like a, a paradox. It's 2 Corinthians 12, 8. Paul said, uh, for when I am strong, when I am weak, then I am strong, talking about his thorn in the flesh. And so believing prayer is, is living with conviction. It is living with the certainty of God. It is living having found your backbone in faith. Um, it is living dependent upon grace and nothing else, and certainly not yourself and your own abilities and, and your own understanding, but, but living grace-dependent and, and even in your weakness, living strong in God. Believing prayer uh, is not rote, religious, uh, ritual, or, or praying, you know, meaningless prayers, prayers that, that really are not from the depths of your soul. Prayer is, is constant, flowing, confident, and, and trusting that God cares about what's going on in your life. Believing prayer is believing that you are wanted, that you are heard, that you are cared for, that you are fully saved and powerfully sent into the world. And so it's this, this kind of two-rail approach, like train tracks to life. One is all the uncertainty and all of the, the storms of life and all of the unknowns and all of the, the feelings that are like, you know, up and down roller coasters. And then on the other track, there's the grace of God. 
There is the power of his love, the certainty of his word. There is the reality of the life of Christ and, and, and the unstoppable call of the resurrection. And we live these two things together. Now, laziness and legalism, both actually liberalism and legalism, is going to want to do away with this tension. But true faith is going to live on both rails of all of the, the weakness of this world and the uncertainties of self and, and the certainties of God and, and the coming of God's kingdom. And the truth is you, you just have to live in those tensions. And the way we do that is prayer. Believing prayer is the path to a growing, ever-growing grace in our lives. So, so believing prayer is the mind of a child resting peacefully in a parent's love. In Matthew chapter 18, 3, Jesus said, all of you religious people standing around here, even my disciples, uh, all of you Pharisees, you Sadducees, you educated people who have lots of religious knowledge, you, you know the Torah, you know the Midrash, you know the, the first covenant, but, but here's what you don't know. Unless you change and in your heart become as a little child, you're never going to see the kingdom of heaven. And what Jesus is talking about is a sea change inside of us that we're not oriented towards power and control. We're not oriented towards knowing and impressing other peoples with our knowledge. We are now oriented simply to being God's kids and living faithfully in the arms of his love. I can remember as a child just resting in the back seat of our car you know, uh, scandalous to say in those days, we, we rarely used seatbelts. But I'm lying in the back of the car, and, and at that moment in my little life, I, I was at peace in the world because my parents were in the front seat and, and were driving the car. Later, it occurred to me that cars wreck, and later it occurred to me that they couldn't control everything. But in that moment, I was in the kingdom place that we are called to live in, trusting that Father's got this, and that we are infinitely safe in His love. Prayer, then, is desire turned daily towards God. Remember, you are the ultimate creation of God's desire, right? Remember that we are ultimately fulfilled only in our desire for God, and prayer is the pathway that we connect all of our broken living and, and all of our jumbled desires with the one fulfilling desire that is God and His saving grace. So, prayer is a faith-seeking conversation every day with God that, that redirects every desire of life back to its source, the desire for God. So, why don't we pray? Well, I've got a lot of reasons, and, and, and I just wanted to say right here, um, Again, we develop these plastic, fake, religious, you know, unreal, no struggle kinds of ideas about what it looks like to follow Jesus. And, and I, I just want to say that, that it's a struggle. It is going through the wilderness. It is, it is hard. And, and I don't, you know, I struggle with prayer. Um, and and, and it, is, it is a work. It is a wonderful work in my life. It is a growing, grace-filled work. It is a, a satisfying work, but it's still a work in my life. So if you think that, that you're weird and that other people just naturally wake up and, and float two feet off the ground in, in prayer, you know, with the angels lifting them through their day, you're just 
off it. You're just wrong. And and you need to, you need to, that's kind of ego saying that that there's something wrong with you, that grace hasn't reached far enough for you. It has. And the truth is, uh, to prayers, you just gotta, you just gotta pray. And all of the desires of your heart that are throughout the day, some right, some wrong, right? Uh, let's be real, a whole lot of our desires throughout the day are wrong. I mean, they're these momentary temptations. You may be tempted to lust in a moment. Okay, that's a desire. But it's a desire worth less than the desire in which you were created. And so to pray in that moment would be to submit that desire to the greater desire for connection with your, your creator and your created purpose. So we don't pray because often we don't believe we're good enough. And, and really what that means is I'm not, I'm not grace dependent. I'm not really gonna believe in grace. When we begin a whole lot of these disqualifying sentences with I, we are back in ego and back in the, the death path of, of the first part of, of Ephesians chapter two and not on the life path of the last part. You know, I'm this and I'm that. No, that's all ego. That's, that's all you losing the plot line of, of God's grace that came in Christ. To be grace dependent means that, that you start your sentences with God or Jesus. And that's the beginning of your thinking. And from that point, you reason and you, and you, you think. So, so Jesus died for me and covered all of my sins. So, so I can pray even though I'm not worthy. It's not about me. It's about him. It's, it's, it's about grace. We grow um, in the soil of, of, of life dependent on grace. We often don't pray because we don't believe God loves us, wants us, or desire us. Uh, desires us. And, and again, that's just a fundamental rejection of every page of this book, of the creation story, of, of the reaching story of Israel, of, of the coming of Christ, whose name Emmanuel means God with us. God doesn't want to be with me. That's his name. God, his name is God with us. His whole desire is to be with you. And the reason we can't be with him is because of our brokenness and sin, our, our desires that are for other things. And so God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross and shed his blood as a propitiation, as a payment for our sin, so that, so that the desire we were created in could be reconnected and, and we could be fulfilled in our desire for God. And so, so you, you, you've been given the message that God wants you, loves you, desires you. You just have to decide whether you're going to believe or not. And that's just a choice, you know, and there, there ain't no excuse for that. A child can do it. So you can get all up in your head about, about this, that, or the other, or you can simply start with the grace of Christ and believe what God has not only said, but done you know, the scripture says that, that God demonstrated his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, it's not about being good enough. Before you were ever good enough, he was there. And in being there, he invited you to be with him. We're, in that good enough argument, we're faithless about God's essential character, that, that he's good enough to be that, that extravagantly graceful. Why don't we pray um, because we don't want God, if, if, if you're honest, if, if I'm honest. When I don't pray, it's because I don't want to. I, I don't want God messing with my desires. I don't want what he wants. I want what I want. And often I'm mad at him. Um, the, the, the truth is that, 
that when I'm mad at God, I'm angry that he didn't give me what I wanted without owning the reality that I wanted something worth less than him, right? Uh, in other words, there is a religious prayer that says, well, I'm going to pray to God as long as he does what I want, okay? That's just rank manipulation, and it's, it's shallow two-year-old manipulation. And then there's a more sophisticated kind of approach that, that um, a little more honest even, that just says, you know what, I'm not going to pray because God, and then fill in the blank, somebody died or, or this happened or I didn't get this. And the simple reality is that's a failure to trust the goodness of, of our Father and to believe that, that in his heart of hearts, um, he does want the best for you and, and has given the best to you and, and that everything that we want other than him is worth less than him. We grow when we depend upon grace. And believing prayer, believing prayer is the, the path to growing grace. Psalm 145, 18 says, The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. What's the truth? The truth that God is the source of our desire. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries and, and, he, and he saves them. Um, John, uh, 1 John 5 says, that, that, that God um, writes these things to us uh, in the name of the Son of God so that we may know that we have eternal life, have that confidence, have that solid belief. And this is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that, that if we ask anything according to His will, according to His desires, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of Him. Uh, Psalm uh, 37 verses 4 through 7 says, Take delight in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Now, let's think about the circularity of that, okay? You know, the, the promise of God in this is that, that if you delight yourself in the Lord, He will give you the desires of your heart. And, and what this means is that, that in coming to faith, I recognize in grace that God is the desire of my heart so that God is going to give me God. <laughs> He's going to give me the desire of my heart. That's the promise here. It's not more stuff. It's not things worth less than Him. It's the one thing that will satisfy in life. God Himself in, in relationship and presence. First John, or John 16, 24 says, Until now you haven't asked for anything, but now ask uh, in my name, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Matthew 7, 7 through 8 is this crazy, ridiculous, unqualified, scary promise of God that says, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened. And this is just this extravagant invitation to a life in the growth path of grace, of our lives satisfied in the ever-giving grace of God. And, and then in verse 8, you know, Jesus is very specific to make sure that none of us disqualify ourselves as though we were outside of, of the, the scope of God's goodness and the reach of His grace. And there it says, for everyone who asks receives. All right, everyone. And, and everyone who seeks finds. And, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. So it's all-inclusive. It includes everybody. God gives us this wide-open, dangerous promise of, of answering all of our prayers, um, knowing that they're all fulfilled in Him. So I'm going to close with this, how to pray. Um, and you're going to expect something really complicated, and I'm not going to give you something really complicated. What I'm going to give you is a mystery. 
a mystery of your invitation to daily grace. You may want a formula, you may want a plan, all I can do is give you a person and a path and tell you that believing prayer is the path to grace. How to pray? Number one, just do it. How? How is often code for don't wanna, seriously. How is often code for I want some excuse to, to not do what a child can do. A two-year-old can pray uh, life-changing prayers. I think you and I can as well. Believe with the faith of a child. That's how you pray, you just do it. Secondly, you be intentional and then spontaneous. And by that I mean you set aside to time, a time to pray each day and then you pray all day. Um, Mark 1.35 says Jesus uh, went out early in the morning to, into the wilderness to pray and to be with God. I think that was his pattern and it has to be our pattern as well to fill the tank every day with the endless joy and hope of God's grace. So, so every day set aside a time and, and pray intentionally. And then pray um, spontaneously throughout the day. Take every desire that bubbles up in your little heart throughout the day and turn it back to God. This is what 1 Thessalonians 5.17 is talking about. Pray continuously. And so every thought you have, every fear you have, every desire you have, not just the pretty ones, the ugly ones, the, the admirable ones, the, the just lousy ones, you take them all and each of those becomes a chance to depend on grace and to believe to prayer. Guys, there's plenty to pray about in this COVID season and more than enough grace to go around. And I just want to tell you that if you, will, if you will plant your heart in the soil of dependent grace, you will grow in this season and the future will hold no fear for you. And if you will choose to believe and pray, you will be unstoppable. You will be not only uh, a changed human being, but you will be a, a person who changes others. And, and as the workmanship of God, you will do the work that God, the grace work that God created you to do in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. Believing prayer, it's the path you're looking for to an ever-growing grace. Thanks again for joining us for the Messages podcast today. We hope that you were encouraged by Pastor Drew's message and we want you to stay encouraged and stay healthy. And so we have a couple of resources for you during this time of COVID-19 where unfortunately we have to be apart, but we are hoping that you don't have to be alone. So head over to sevenrun.com slash COVID-19 help. That's all one word. There, we've got a couple options for you. You can sign up for a prayer request. You can send a prayer request uh, for yourself or for someone else. You can also sign up for support, again, for yourself or someone else. And finally, you can sign up to be part of our response team. That team right now is working on setting up our building to be a food bank, as well as uh, setting up a time for us to hold a blood drive. You can again find those at sevenrun.com slash COVID-19 help. Ultimately, we just hope that you're staying healthy, staying encouraged, stay plugged in, follow us on Facebook, uh, join our Seven Runners Facebook group. Um, we're trying to put out content every day that will encourage you through this time where, again, we have to be apart, but we are not alone. Have a great day. Thank you.